0: hello motherfuckers welcome back oh, you look like you know a very nice shade
1: today shirley sort of a honey oh a honey color i've invested in fondatant it's from where um it's nars i do believe it's very nice and i've got nars fondatant and i've got a little bit of um highlight on the cheeks i've got eyeliner and mascara it's really lovely whatever you're doing it's really really nice did I tell you that I'm preparing all my meals now at 8am? Have I mentioned this? Right. I'm so pleased you're doing this because I've been meaning to have this conversation. I think we need to get more organised. Okay. So I've been pre- preparing all my meals at 8am, as in all meals. But the, Perfect.
0: No, but the disadvantage is I go the whole day. I just smell of chicken broth. I just smell that's of cooking. The
1: least. Yeah, but that's the least of your worries. All, you can't just be in and out
0: of the kitchen all day. I can't. But at the same time, you know, that smell of like sort of old onions. I can't. It's not nice. Can you, Especially can, after can you change a shower. your blues on?
1: or something maybe just um, see what my willing partner does is she wears a different she, she doesn't get dressed for
0: she has a cooking gown she, wear a cooking she gown. has a cooking
1: gown basically okay. for all the spices, you know we always cook with the cumin and cumin. the coriander you do that like your cumin and your turmeric and, and, and your turmeric and your garlic um, so, so have a okay. different gown and then just take it off and then put your clothes on that's the only advice I can give but getting organised with the food will make heaps of difference to your life yeah day. No, it, has, it has I've really enjoyed it Now listen, Motherfunkers, we've got a little surprise for you today. Um, No, I haven't managed to wax my down below, but it is a little bit more exciting than that. We're doing our first interview, aren't we, Shirley? We are indeed. Yay. Our first ever. Cue the pan fights, please. Okay, we've got a fabulous guest in. We've got this fabulous woman who... She's many things. She is. She's a comedian, an actor, mother to three children and many animals... Um, and Lover to a Dane, who also happens to be her husband. You would have seen her everywhere. She gets her, she's like the clap. Live at the Apollo, her own show on Radio 4, Have I Got News for You, QI, Mock the Week. Um, she does the acting, Sex Education, and um, um, Martin May's Feel Good, and she even does the film. I mean, she's formidable. She's unstoppable. She's recording remotely from home. It's Sindhu V. Give it up for Sindhu. Give, that- give it up <laughs> <laughs> Can we have your full name, v, but I think the
2: name you're more you should be more concerned about is May Martin, who you called Martin May. So Martin May, I know it. Martin May. She gets. I just right want to say <laughs> I can be. You know what I can be V Sindhu throughout this, so that it just feels like that's your vibe today. That's fine. That be very. Do you kind. know
1: what I've got? That it's 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 sad because I've got that disordered where I get things back to front. Dyslexia,
2: I think they call it. Uh, yeah, v. Sindhu. Hey, so my name is v. Sindhu.
1: v Sindhu, it's really good to see you. And I have to ask, are you wearing
0: a wig? Just quickly. No, your no. Okay.
2: So trot. there's a long story behind the hair. It's I, uh, you know, I've always had very long hair. And then I cut it in January, very, very short. I attempted to get it cut very short. I had to go to several hairdressers because they just wouldn't do it because they were like, it's going to look so bad. I've never had short hair. So I didn't realize that short hair, when it decides to grow, doesn't have any respect for gravity it grows left right mm-hmm. up and I was like what's happening here so I started to just tie it back and then mm-hmm. I went and then I was doing lots of things and then I got sick in March I got corona
1: <gasps> did you uh, yeah
2: 16 days great fun but I've talked about it before so blah blah, blah so okay, boring no we won't go there. Uh, but not a fun thing to get but you know what I whatever I got it and at that time I was like I don't know what's happening but this is the first time that I've washed and blow-dried well i've washed it before but i blow-dried it so this is how long it is again it's looking lovely i blow-dried it for you you yeah, listeners I mean. at home she's looking lovely V Sindu is looking lovely even though it's a podcast i was like i don't want these two to, to see judge. me looking shitty mm-hmm. can we swear oh god we can i got a new Absolutely. haircut since you last saw me and you guys got kids what the fuck mm-hmm. happened
0: it's a good question. We both have baby boys that are 13 days apart, Sindhu. That I know. But yeah, then I, I was married.
2: like, oh, you know, but then uh, suddenly, how, and then with me, how I didn't does, see you get ma- I mean, you got married or you didn't get work? married is not relevant. It's just, how did I miss two babies?
0: We went underground, Sindhu. We went underground and God, now tell we have me resurfaced. All about them. Mine looks like a troll. He's got very long I hair love that him. grows upwards. He's got scars across his face. He's quite tall. He's got long toes. How can he, and he be tall? How, how old is this child? Oh my gosh, he's He so looks tall. like a four-year-old. His hair's always been long. He just has a mature I, face. <sighs> he looks like a, like a little Danny DeVito, you know, but he's cuter than that, but he looks like a oh Danny no, DeVito. Oh no, he's beautiful. He is cute, okay, he's cute. Okay, but how
2: old are these babies, 18 man? 18
0: months, like 18 slash 19 months. I know, come on. God. Get with the program, Sindhu.
1: Mine is um, oh much shorter than Shirley's, and so <laughs> they take after their mother's. Um, severely overweight <laughs> um, his hair is out of control he eats everything and we've started now cutting meals because it's out of control and we're scared oh. we're scared uh, we, he's lovely look- Shirley's
0: one speaks my one says nothing my one's a mute and Shirley's one doesn't stop oh, talking uh, very much like his mother
1: My yeah my one talks for the both of them oh but them, I love really. both
2: these boys
1: what flavours do you have Sindu?
2: what's your I have boy, girl, girl that's mm. nice who's your favourite? The thing is, it depends what, what for, because when they grow up, they have personalities. Mm. They stop just being, you know, and mine are very grown up. You know, you have an 18 month old, I have an 18 year old. Is that the youngest one or the oldest one? It would be amazing if that was the youngest one. Like the older ones were like my age. That'd be a weird nature thing. But um, no, my eldest is 18 and then the baby's 10. And then we have another teen in the middle. But the two teens are always very upset because they're like, you can't talk about us. And I'm like, actually, I can and I'm going to. Um, But I have this thing where they can't say their names. And so we'll just call them kid one, kid two and kid three, which is what I call them. You know, but they're That's great. They are they're, they're great. Having two teenagers at home is fantastic. It's so fun. <laughs> um, I had to do something uh on like with Ivo Graham yesterday and I had to download this thing on my computer called Discord and my son, my eighteen year old, walked past and he looked at it and he said he texted me, like not like talk to me, went somewhere else, texted me and said, Why do you have Discord, bruv? You're gonna become a gamer. It's <laughs> like, what? no. But he's like, don't. So, you know, it's... They're very judgy. Don't as in don't even bother? No, as in like, don't get into his space. Oh, I see. And I'm like, I you see. have no idea how yeah, little is. of your space I want to be in, kiddo.
1: You've got a few animals, haven't you? I'm wondering whether you're actually enjoying your animals. It's more specifically your little French bulldog more than your children well, during lockdown. Well,
2: I... No, because they all fall into the same category. They all listen to me on the shit I want them to listen to me about. I'm an Indian mom. I have not faffed around all these years, you know, saying, what kind of cereal do you want to Mm -hmm. eat? I don't give a shit. This is the breakfast. You must eat it. Mm -hmm. Then go to school and get good grades. So that's been the general vibe at home, um, which, of course, is tempered by the Mm -hmm. Danish husband. What can I say? Oh, God, don't get me started. But we've ended up in a good place. Like the kids are not, you know, they're not hippies, but they're also not like going to be accountants. Not to stereotype two cultures. Or bankers. Who's good cop, bad you know, I cop I think so, but I think it's more a question of cop who doesn't care about popularity, but thinks about her children's future versus happy guy who okay, wants the sure. kids to be happy. That's nice. That's very Scandy of him. I enjoy oh, that. So he just scandy. wants him to be happy. Yeah. He has never had the impulse to criticize the children. It just doesn't come into his head, which as an Indian, I'm like, if you don't, my mother used to say, if you don't beat the gold, it will not shine. I'm with you her. Know? And yeah, yeah. So, but it was metaphorical. It was also literal beating, but also metaphorical. You know, she used to say, koila hai. do you want to stay a coal or I will crack it and the diamond will come. And you're like, oh, I'd rather be a diamond. So he just doesn't have that impulse. He doesn't think that they need to be any different way. They're just here. And that's great. We
1: both have um foreign mothers. We do so we mother. always empathize when we hear your sets about your mothers, we always just think, well that's just like us, especially with the the cracking of the whip. I mean we both have I mean, you've got the wooden spoon, didn't you, Shirley?
0: I got the wooden spoon yeah. on the knuckles and the uh the, the ankles. And when you got the belt, didn't
1: you? I I no no no, that, that's another podcast. No my mother did the yeah. slipper and you oh, could yeah. always Slepping, hear sorry. the slipper, it was coming, yeah, yeah. you know, she was trying to shuffle it <laughs> off. There's wait one minute, I'm coming for you and then the slipper comes off and then you and then the, the pursuit yeah. happens around the house. And you just cl- get clapped uh, and you're laughing. They're not laughing, but it was that, that's But also you knew. knew
2: why. Yeah. Of course you knew you why. You see, see, I'll tell you one of my biggest surprises when I came to live outside of India, you know, I came to England first and, you know, we'd talk and everyone, like when you're in your early twenties, you don't talk about your parents, but every, some, you know, every once in a while, someone would say that they hated their mother. And they would say, she never understood me. And I used to look at English people and think, I know English, but what are they saying? Like, I couldn't comprehend. And they would say things like, she wasn't, you know, she wasn't there for me. And I was like, what is, is she dead? Are you an orphan? What happened? But what I realize is that there was a disconnect between their mother's, their, their mother's mothering and their experience of their mother's mothering. In an Indian family, at least in mm-hmm. mine, there was no disconnect. You did shit Your mother found out She hit you You moved on (laughs) You know Something good happened Your mother cried Something bad happened Your mother cried Nothing happened She cried It was like (laughs) There was no question Of not connecting emotionally You know what I mean And um, there was this idea And I think it was very It was quite specific To my mother Where Because we were girls She used to say You are not a boy That you can just sit Ha 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 And life will be okay You are a girl You must go further, and you must go harder, and you must be greater. So I have to beat you more. And we were like, and I didn't have a brother, but I had cousins, you know, cousin brothers. So I think she very much inculcated in me this idea that if I was going to get anywhere, I had to be prepared to do the work
1: which paid off because yeah. you went into banking
2: didn't you you had a very successful I mean, I career, career in, banking. in banking I don't know if it's successful I only did it for yeah okay. I did she it for had seven a career years. in banking. yeah no I, I enjoyed it banking did for me what I wanted which is I got a visa to live abroad which I which is why I joined banking because I didn't really want to go back to India because I didn't want to get married at that yet I mean I was sort of in my slag phase and I yeah. wanted to continue that but I couldn't have.
1: And was that okay with your mother? Does your mother know about your slag phase?
2: No, she was in India. That's why you have to move continents to have a slag phase. You can't just, you know what I mean? I was like on another continent. I thought, I don't want to go homeless now and get married and stuff. And I knew that I would marry someone that my mother picked if, you know, if I went down that road, which would have been fine because it would have been someone they introduced me to and then I could have decided. But I just wasn't ready for that. You know, a lot of my friends were settling down and I was like, I want to stay abroad. But I also didn't want to continue my PhD. So if you're not going to be a student and have a student visa and you're not going to go back to India, you're going to have to find some other way to legally stay abroad. So I became a banker because they give visas and things, you know, they do all the mm. paperwork. Oh, it's legit. It's above board, unlike unlike comedy. I really wasn't ready to become an illegal migrant. If you see what I mean, I was like, it's not, I mean, yeah, you know, sleeping with many men is not worth that. And what does your mother think of your comedy career, Sindhu? Well, you guys, I'm going to say something, and it's going to be a bit heavy, but you guys mustn't freak out. My mother very unexpectedly passed away in November. So Mm. I kind of, what does she think of it? She thought it was amazing. Um, She got to see Apollo, and she got to see me go on tour, although she'd sort of gotten sick by the time, four days before my tour started, she's had her stroke. And so, but she knew about it, and she... She was, ex- she was A, typically very narcissistically proud. Yeah. She said, so many stories you are telling about me because you can understand that without me, even your comedy will be a zero. <laughs> so that was great. Um, but the other thing she said to me later, as I did better and better at it, you know, I used to check in with her to see, because my father didn't speak much about it. I mean, he was fine with it, but he didn't speak much about it. And I thought, do they take this seriously? Cause the you know, the scholarship to come and mm. study here and banking they took very seriously. And I said to her, I said, Ma, do you think it's like do you think it's weird? And I remember she said to me, No, I don't think it's weird. She said, Because you know, when you are very small, you are trying to tell jokes, but you had stammer. So it was very irritating. Every joke took a very long time, very stupid it was, but inside you you had a light to make a joke. And Aww. now you are like a burning fire. <laughs>
1: It's so, I mean, I know you, but the thing it's is, so sad. but that's it's the so thing is that, as well, that, though, isn't it? that
2: powered me. I have never, mm. ever doubted for a moment that as a mother of three or, you know, someone who's came, who came to comedy later or my gender or my, I don't know, any way, any identifier, I've never doubted that comedy is my home. Because mummy reminded me, and she also, of course, well, said then. that it was irritating when I told jokes when I had a stammer. She's, mm. you know, I remember we used to be at the table, and I would try and tell a joke, and my mother, my father, would be very patient and listen, and I'd be there like, blah, blah, blah. and she would say, "Oh, shut up! Write it on a paper." So I used to have to write the joke because she was like, "I don't have time to listen to this." Buck, 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 buck,
1: buck, <laughs> buck, <laughs> buck.
0: So how old were you when did you when did your stammer go, or did you have to work on how did it work?
2: What was um. The- I got it very suddenly, because as usual, you know, I have to say, in the olden days, what what, like, parents didn't think much about shit. They were like, the child is alive, it's fine. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I was actually raised from zero to five by my Aya. She was a Nepalese illiterate woman who my mother took in by tricking her, and then said to her, you got to take care of this baby. Because my mother was her her, she was... She knew that she was quite postnatal. Like she, she, well, she knew that she wasn't Ah. feeling it for this baby. She had an, I have an elder sister and she wanted to get back to work. Children will never know what their mothers are going through when the mother's top job is supposed to be mothering. Children are not, can Mm -hmm. never experience Mm -hmm. what it is to be that woman as a whole, W-H-O-L-E. And that woman is going through many things she's being a daughter, a wife, a friend, a sibling. But when you have a baby, the baby's like, I need a mother. And so I didn't recognize for many years what my mom was going through. Uh, she was going through a lot of things. Her best friend, who was her brother, had died 20 days before I was born. Just had a heart attack. Boom. And he was in his 30s. So, you know, she was a bit like, kook, kook. Anyway, so she got Ama. And Ama was Nepalese. And my mother was like, you take this baby. I can't really cope. And my dad was busy, you know, and my sister was six. And I think just I don't know, there was a new baby, six-year-old. She hated the baby. I was raised by this woman. I used to call my parents sahab mem Sab, which is like sir and madam. I didn't know that I was related to them. And my mom was like, good. Because my mother didn't want any confusion for me. She was like, let this lady take care of this kid. There's a picture here. Well, I can show it to you. This woman used to tie me to her back and do all her work. And I thought she was my mom. Mm. Anyway, when I was about five, my father got posted abroad. (laughs) I don't remember this. Um because God has been kind to help us block out shit that's very traumatic. But apparently my mom was like, oh, we're not going to tell anyone that we're leaving. We're not going to tell Ama and the baby because Ama will freak out. So they just drove to the airport. My mom just took me and said, all right, we'll see you later. And so apparently Ama freaked out. I flipped out completely. And they got on this flight. I was about four and a half, five. And my mom said, and then when we got to Philippines, two days later, when you started talking, you started buck, bak, bak, buck." I was like, you didn't think it was related. No. She said, oh, Well, no. you know, life is hard and things happen. And at least you were talking. We were afraid you had become a mute. I was like, Oh God. All right, fine. But what happened is I had a terrible stammer. I got to know my sister. And I went to an American school where every, there was no other brown kid. So I, they called me Blackie. <laughs> and I remember I went to my mom and said, Mommy, why do they call me Blackie? She said, Because they are very fair and you are very dark. Are you blind? And I was like, oh, okay. I like, was like, okay, that's just a, like that's just color. Okay, fine. But what happened is I had a stammer and those were the years I stammered. But then we moved back to India and Amma came back, by the way. And we used to go back every year so I could see oh, thank her. thank goodness. Oh. And she came back and then we moved to India. And when we moved to India, I had to learn Hindi. Now, here's the thing. When you're a foreign language speaker, the world cuts you a little bit of slack. And in the 30, 40 seconds that I was allowed to not, quite know my words I understood how to wait before I spoke and that's how I remember there were certain words that I really stammered on and I would just pause because when you're little you think the whole world is looking at you all the time and someone asks you a question you have to answer it but because I was doing Hindi I thought oh no no people are okay with a pause because that was a foreign language and no one expected me to know it and so I started doing that in English and then and this is the big story I my, my dad had a thesaurus and I was 11 and 12 and I made words that were instead of and. So I was a 12-year-old who would say things like, furthermore, because I, I, didn't sta- I stammered on vowels. So I would make long lists of words mm. and had an incredible vocab by the time I was 13. It was fucking unreal. You know what I'm saying? And then wow. what happened is mm-hmm. because my stammer was not physical in any way, as I got confident and I could sort of reinvent myself in the new country and had new friends and they didn't mind that I didn't, that I had a bit of hesitation when I spoke. I think I was, I mean, I had it, it was with me when I arrived here to go to university, but not in a big way. Like I could see the words coming when I was talking, I could see the words coming and I'd be like, no, not today. And then I would circle around and pick another word and keep moving. But by then it was that easy. Wow. I mean, wow. What a story. (laughs) Yes, and no one at home ever took it seriously. I said to my mother, didn't it bother you? She said, but, you know, I have so many things to bother me. First and foremost, your father. <laughs> Second of all, your elder sister, she's all smoking and smoking the pot and whatnot. I was like, the one? My sister was smoking pot, uh, which, you know, is normal, I guess, if you're a teenager. And and then I cannot be worried about you. You are okay. You are a little bit ugly, but you are Okay. And she used to always say I was a little bit ugly because, according to her, I was too skinny. A little bit ugly, you know, like a beggar. I was like, you know what? Forget oh, I wow. asked. Forget I, mean, I asked. Your,
1: your mother should have gone into I comedy. Mean, she, she was I the mean, funniest I person I, know, I knew, but have. not
2: just in Hindi and not just with these stories. As my husband says, I have not met someone funnier than your mother. She was very funny. You set the wife off.
0: She hasn't stopped. She's, she's got, you look at her.
1: Tears are what flowing. Well, me just, you know, just clasping my chest, I am. No, no it's I'm the first easily time moves. she's worn mascara I, the
0: whole of lockdown. She's I wore mascara for you.
1: No, the first time was when I capped for the carers the first Thursday. Oh, no, okay. All right. And then the second one was when we had an online interview and the third time okay. is for Cindy. Right. Okay, well, third time. Dude, i am not dried my hair, so. Third time hair, I so. put mascara on.
0: There we are. But it's a lovely, it's a lovely tale. Really, really amazing, actually. You know,
2: about your childhood. Since this is called Mother Funk, um, I think one of the things that I understood when my mom was sick last year and I used to go and hang out with her and I used to, I was on tour and I would keep going back to spend time with her and we would talk and she was fine in her head. She was just, she had one side paralyzed. She was getting much better. So she really wasn't supposed to just go, but just happened like that. Mm. And um, I think what I understood watching her and having her there, but not there. So I could sort of take, get a meta picture is that my mother simplified being a mother a lot. And she did it by not mm. judging. When she understood, because mm. she became a therapist. She went on to become, she went on to start the first non-profit drug and alcohol rehab in North India. Yeah? Oh, really? So, oh, wow.
0: and I, and Amazing. I, and that was
2: very weird because drugs and alcohol are so immoral. And so to, to come to a place and say, I have a problem was not a thing, but she started it. And, and I think she simplified motherhood by, by making it plain that You didn't have to question your love for your child. You were the mother. So, every that that was like, that that was, (laughs) I remember once I said to her, well, in some other context, I said, well, how can you be so sure? And she said, how am I flying just now upside down? And I was like, no. She said, because of what? The gravity. You're not every day questioning gravity. And I was like, that's deep, man. But she, for her being, the love you have for your child is like gravity. So you have that and then from there you work with your kid or you work on yourself. It was so solid that it was simple. Do you see, and I think so many times I have mm-hmm. worried that I've been too harsh with my kids or I could have done some something else and I would call my mom and say, oh mommy, what do you think? And she would say, Beta, dekho. look, you are the mother, so already your position is in the top. Only you have to try Not to fuck it up, the children's. But if you make it a fuck up, then you say, I'm sorry, I fucked up. Like I used to tell you, you are so ugly. Now I don't think so. Now you are quite nice. But I have apologized. And I said, You're right. And she said, There's nothing more liberating for a human being than to have their mother apologize for mistakes she didn't even know she was making. And you have little kids. And I think that's something really important to keep in your head because we question ourselves so much, you know. Am I doing it right? Is it about me? Is it about the baby? Eh, it's simpler than that.
0: Yes. Gosh, I, yes. do. Uh, I mean, wow. What hot tips have you got for Shelley and myself raising kids? Yeah,
2: don't be scared to follow your instinct. Follow yeah. your instinct. Yeah. Um, because so much of motherhood is really about
0: instinct. So much, the moment you, you know, up the duff, it's all about instinct, labor, everything is about instinct, and it's really hard, isn't it? Because you get told in people so many different voices, oh. so many different opinions, but yeah, follow but, you're,
1: but one's mother's voice yeah. is always there, yeah. It's amazing whether how you quickly you turn whether you want it or not, oh. whether you like it or not, very it's quickly oh you God. become your mother, yeah. Um, and for better or worse, because that's what, yeah. Want. And
2: I think another thing I would say, and this is more a tip for you guys rather than for how you raise the children, is if you can find ways through being a mother that you can forgive your own moms for things that they could have done much better, Mm. then Mm. it liberates you to be joyful with your children. And it's a very kind of, it's almost esoteric how it happens, but it happens. And when I say follow your own instinct, I want to give an example. I love Pixar. Movies, okay? And kids love Mm -hmm. Pixar movies. Mm -hmm. But the real awful thing about watching a Pixar movie when everyone can go is that there's too many kids because they're crying and they want popcorn. So, what I used to do is, I used to, the day the Pixar movie came out, which was usually a Thursday, I would go to my kid's school. I think the first time he was like seven, and I would say he had a dental appointment. I would take him out of school, and I'd be like, dude, we're going to the movies. And he would be like, and then I had to sit him down and say, okay, there's this thing called lying, which you cannot do to me, but you have to do it to other people if you're ever going to be not a loser. (laughs) So then I would go over with him the whole thing and I would trust that he would get it. And I mean, honestly, it was one of the best times of our lives when we would do this thing with the movies and the kids never even asked about it. They knew that they'd be sitting in class and someone would say, oh, so-and-so has to go to the office. And I'd be like, oh yeah, you have the, um, the, you know, the. Thing. And they'd be like, okay. And then we'd go to the movies. Oh, I
1: love that. that that's, it's so <laughs> lovely you say that because some of my, my loveliest memories with my mother, who also oh. is no longer with us, was when I used to get um, suspended, which was sadly on a sadly for her on a quite regular basis. But and, and there would be the initial thing, I am so ashamed of you. You are an embarrassment. Why do you do this to me? All these things and the crying and the tears. But then it was like, okay, yalla, let's go to town. And we'd go to uh we'd go to all the Araborns, Harrods, yeah. go to the food hall, go to Selfridge's, yeah. go shopping, and we'd have a mother and daughter day that was just amazing that I wouldn't get otherwise because yeah. she's a single mum with three kids and there's so much to do to be able to take your daughter out and spend a whole day with her. But I rem I have those memories and my twin brother doesn't have those memories. Don't that's not <laughs> to say he didn't get suspended. But he just, he just, they didn't do that, you know. But I did that. And he goes, when did you do all these things with mom? And I said, when, when I got suspended. Yeah. And those are my best memories. Some
2: people would say, oh, your kids got suspended. What the hell are you doing taking them to Harrods? But you know what? There's no, there's no rule. You do what you need to do with your kids. You just have to remember that when the time comes, you're going to have to apologize. And that's fine. I've already apologized <laughs> so many times to kids for some of the very tough things I've done. Because the problem with these kids is, they're not made of what I was made of. They're half Danish. You know, so they they yeah. like...
0: You mean it's watering it down, diluting... No, I diluting think sometimes goodness, I think I mean? hurt
2: their feelings, you know. Ah, and, I'm like, son of, and I'm like a son sensitive of a side, you know. God damn. But then I know that I've hurt their feelings and it's really about them. So then I go and I say, look, I didn't mean it like this. You know, I meant it like this. And of course this. And then they're mad for a little while and then they get it. But the more human and fallible you can seem the more your child will know that things happen in life and it's okay. And then you can, I think children will come back to you and they'll, you'll be the one they phone when they need it because mm. they understand when, when they, they need, need something, something and they're like scared, you want them to pick up the phone to you, you see? So I think that that is really about instinct and doing the things. And like people say, well, you shouldn't teach your kid to lie. Well, really? How could we have seen the movies? I mean, think about
0: yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've got oh, to well. wait My out. mother taught me how to I'm steal and you in. know what? it served me Look well. Look
2: at you. She would go mad. She, hasn't she would. Go, luckily,
0: she doesn't know how to use it. You know, technology. Otherwise, she wouldn't. She would be listening to this podcast. And but she taught me how to steal. and that's fine. Yeah. I've I've used it to my advantage. Actually, since I've been married, because my my uh, my husband's quite respectable, I've had to give knock that on the head. But beforehand, how I loved it, and that doesn't mean to say that I won't be teaching my son either.
2: You know what i mean well i mean you know exactly and those are your instincts <laughs> and you you
0: must never they're want... my instincts and they're very they, you can't bash that you know they are in my blood and, and you yeah. apologize, and apologize later.
2: later yeah i mean it's if fine. he gets you know if he ever gets into big trouble and is in jail you can be like son i'm sorry i taught you you didn't get it right but <laughs> yeah exactly so, how right. did you get caught i taught, yeah. you. I taught exactly. you not to get caught exactly i taught you not to lie to me the fuck are you exactly. thinking you don't lie to anyone else you know what i mean that's the psychology <laughs> in
0: terms of children and comedy would you say that they were more of a hindrance or a help on the whole
2: i haven't i haven't been able to parse my life like that i don't have a choice i don't have a choice with my yeah. kids and i certainly don't have a choice with comedy it's nice that you know comedy it's i just don't have a choice and i Do they inspire you in your sets the way your mother has? I think what happens is I go through stuff and then I have an agitation and then I'll go out on stage and talk about it. So whether it's my mother or the children, but Mm. kids are, you know, kids are. Kids are people that are walking around very close to you being very human. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where comedy lives. If you've got the kind of way of getting into comedy that I have, which is what the fuck is this? Oh, why is this happening? Mm. You know, I'm always like, why am I thinking this? And so I think the kids are there. I I tend not to talk about them without it being part of a bigger thing of mine. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, um, there's no. I've never ever made my kids sound cute. Like you know those people that right. say, oh, this was going to happen, and then she took her underpants off. <laughs> never. <laughs> I've never done those kind of jokes because I'm like <laughs> I didn't think that was cute when I was there and the kid took her underpants off. I was like, "What yeah. the fuck are you doing? We're in the restaurant. What's going on here?" Do you know what I mean? So put them back on. So I suppose yeah, in that I way I can't really say whether they were, you know. I guess they give me material because they're here.
1: Yeah, we find that we find that they 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 endlessly provide material and in, more in instead of exactly he he took his pants down and flashed his um, scrotum. It's more about the impact on us how we feel as opposed to putting the attention on them you have to protect their privacy also i know they they can't No, but i mean if they
2: were you know i mean if they were just belting out great jokes i'd be using them please don't get me wrong i would just but they're not they're just walking around being kids saying you know once a day in this house under Mm -hmm. lockdown there is the daily fight unto the death it happens once a day with all three kids something will trigger these three kids something like blue tack Okay, blue, something. And then they're screaming, and I think, well, I'm going to end up with one or two kids today. And I just have told them, I'm not getting involved. Who dies, dies. I can't every day get involved here. And I've said to the eldest one, You're six, six. (laughs) And this child is, yeah, he's very tall. So you're six, six. This kid's 10 years old. You do the goddamn math who I'm going to come after if this shit gets out of control. Yeah. So they keep it together. Six, six. Yeah, he's very tall. But the thing is, (laughs) when they're like that afterwards you're sitting around you're hearing what my son calls the bants about that day's mortal combat and it's hilarious because Mm. kids are so mean to each other oh Mm. my
1: god siblings are so mean and it's funny
2: though i mean some of the they will come straight in for the you know for like the 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 jugular and you're like that's funny shit that is funny But you can't laugh then. You have to you go your in the bathroom. Out and make notes. No, you just go to the bathroom and you laugh. And you think, I'm going to remember that for, like, something. But you wouldn't tell it as a straight-up story. Yeah, yeah. It would have to come yeah, out yeah, some yeah. other way. A straight-up story, then, you know. Yeah, so, no, you know, they're here. And like I say, I don't have a choice about the kids. And I wouldn't have it any other way. And I don't have a choice about comedy. I would not have it any other way. It's great to hear. Yeah. I mean, you guys also have very small children. Well, So going out and gigging with an 18-month-old, and I guess you really have to have your infrastructure in place at home. Uh, You know, when I started, I guess the baby was four. So I could have, I had a roster of babysitters. Because a four-year-old and then the others were older. So if one of them was a psycho babysitter, the eldest one would have told me, you know, she was putting the baby in the oven or whatever the fuck the psycho would be doing. But um, so I wasn't as worried. Although you did get phone calls, you know, all the time just before going on stage. "Mommy, he called me a stink bomb." I'd be like, "I'm not interested. I'm not. I have. I'm look. That's my <laughs> name. They're calling. Goodbye. Bye bye. Go, go, Goodbye. This is me time. Yeah. Now. But the baby doesn't have a concept of me not yeah. going out. You know, she said to me when she was very young. She was very upset. She said, "Oh, you never read me a bedtime story." And she said, why can't you do what other people's mummies do? And then she said her friend's name. She said, her mommy gigs in the daytime. I'm like, her mommy's a dentist, for God's sake. But she thought jobs were <laughs> gigs, you know. And so I was like, she's a dentist, man. And she was like, what? And I was like, yeah, not, not everyone is gigging. It's so sweet, though. That's what she thinks. Yeah, she's just thought everyone. Oh, you'll see. You have 18-month-olds. This is the best age from now I mean, I enjoy all of them, but from now—no, no, no—from no. now till six is just the best time of your life because they're, they're, they're fun, they're cute, they love you to death, and they haven't yet got into that thing where other people become their problem. You know, like kids at school mm. and that stuff.
1: Mm. Which can be heartbreaking. Yeah, and you gotta tell them. Oh, you gotta okay. say,
2: you know, yeah, oh, that kid's an asshole. I'm sorry, but mm, don't say the word. But they're an asshole. And then sometimes yeah. you have to say, and their mother's an asshole yeah. too. But yeah, you know, you got to gently let them in so that you have to protect your kids, but you can't do it yourself. So you got to give them the tools.
1: Now, Cindy, let's
0: say we were in Nando's. We've got a little booth, table for four. It's just you and three other
2: guests. Who would your three other guests be? Do they have to be like people that I could get in there or just anyone? Anyone oh, you like. Prince. Anyone you Prince. like. Prince, Prince mm-hmm. Sean. Uh, <coughs> Prince. Oh. Um, Amitabh Bachchan, who is a very big actor in India. He's okay. He's the most famous actor in India and absolute best. I saw him first when I was six and I he's been my idol since. Um, mm. And my godmother, Joyce, who passed away three years ago. Uh, and she was... Joyce was the the voice you want inside your daughter's head oh wow she was fun and mad and talented and I once said to her when I was in my early 20s I said I'm scared that if I don't get a right job or this or that and I don't marry someone mommy wants me to marry what if I'm poor I was scared of that you know because my parents had been okay and I'd had a scholarship but I said what if I'm poor and she said to me, what's scary about being poor? And I said, well, what if I don't have enough things? Like I'm cold in the winter or I can't travel back to India to see my parents. And she said, has that ever happened? And I said, no. She said, if you're going to start worrying about things that have never happened, you're not going to make it. No. And I was like, good advice. Sage advice. Sage advice, right? Yeah. She's advice. the voice mm-hmm. that you want. When, when you have daughters, you want Joyce in their head. So I would have had Joyce because she was so funny. She used to call me baby girl. Like yeah, that. she was she was funny. So I would have those three people. Yep,
1: That's it's a good, good table. table. That's yeah. a good table of four. And I need mean tiny yeah. Joyce in my head. Definitely.
0: <laughs> Sindhu, mm-hmm. when are you going to allow Shirley and myself to open for you? You know, open set
2: when we next get out close for you up to you up to you which order do you want okay I, I tell you what when we next get out yeah. and i've got a worthwhile enough gig that's when you're gonna yeah. open for me please just a tight 15 Fantastic. just a
0: really 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 tight
2: 45 minutes
1: a really really <laughs> <90 minutes 45. laughs>
2: just a quick no set. you'll do your stuff you'll do the stuff i saw you do in covent garden upstairs and i was so new to comedy and i was like who are these two this was in the remember that Sindhu. was it the sketch or was it stand-up? it was it was the two of you were doing things you were doing it things it wasn't stand up you were doing things you were wearing things and i was like oh we used what? to be so physical no but i was like physical. what has happened i love who are these people and then one day i saw you in outside channing school with a rottweiler and i was like it's the girl from the stage with the and then i and invited I came. you
1: back to my house before 15 you came because you're an Indian and I'm an Arab. And then you sat and you um, you entertained the whole house because I was living with um, various inmates at the time. And we all sat around the kitchen and you sat down with your cup of tea and you did a, literally a sit down set because you were sat down for about, I would say, half an hour. And they were all just agog and aghast. And when you left, they go, who is she? and I said I don't fucking know but she's great because <laughs> I
2: like, know but I've on you the, circuit, on but the you, I, that's a, like it was those were the days where I was watching comedy but I hadn't got enough gigs yet I remember so clearly seeing you off the Edinburgh Festival we were all in cagulls and so oh desperately unhappy uh, and yet still we were on oh, the hustle was, do you remember so, we were just oh on the hustle the entire time I mean to be honest I think Edinburgh really is just it's such a bad good thing for you absolutely yeah.
1: Thank, Thank you so um, much, Sindhu. It's been such it's been a
2: joy really... having you on. Oh and you're well, you know what guest. they say about Boni. Do you know what Boni is? Mm-mm. In mm-hmm. India, we have a concept that when someone opens their shop, their first customer, the way the first customer behaves, and 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 how it goes with the first customer decides for the rest of the day the profits that will be made by the shop so when oh, yeah. you go early in the morning the shopkeeper always says Aap to boni hai. you're my first and then you have to kind of buy more and this and that but if you have <laughs> an auspicious bony then you're made so hopefully i will be a good bony for you guys
0: yeah I, yeah definitely oh you are a good bony <laughs> thank you thank and, you and so so much. can we please
2: talk before you have more children stop doing that we're absolutely we're left speechless now,
0: aren't we? I know, I know. I,
1: there's no point. It's like really watching changing. a really good. No,
0: but it's like watching a really good film, isn't it? You just sit here and just sort of gaze out the window. But it's lovely.
1: I, I, I think I think it's all said and done now. We, there's nothing more to to say. No, um, well, thank you very much.
0: Thank huge thanks. thanks to Mabel Productions.
1: Mm, uh, just tune in next next week. We will be back many many times. Yeah. Ciao. You've been listening to Motherfunk with Shirley and Shirley, otherwise known as Joanna Carolan and Pascal Wilson, produced by Mabel Productions. Tune in and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.